Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. This week, we are starting to move in a different direction. So Perpin is taking a break, and we're going to add some other voices from our community. And what we're looking for are different perspectives. We want to include more storytelling, similar to what we talked about a couple episodes ago about cultural capital being about story, songs, and rituals. Let us know what you think. Come and join the conversation and share your stories, your successes, and yes, your failures. Join our Thriving the Future Telegram group. The link is on the website, thrivingthefuture.com. You can also interact with us on Twitter, Thriving the Fut. And let's get into the episode. Okay, this week I'm talking about planning the fall garden. So you may be thinking, hey, wait a minute. These are the dog days of summer. It's hot outside. What are you talking about about a garden? Isn't the garden already done? I still have tomatoes going. Well, sure, a lot of people don't plan their fall garden. They don't have secession planting or two seasons. If you live far enough south, and we live in Kansas City, which is USDA Zone 6A, then you can have a whole nother season in the latter part if you get things planted in July, August, and into September. And we'll cover some of the things that can plant and some of the things that I'm planning to do. So pro tip, first straight up, is that if you go over to Home Depot, you go over to especially your local hardware store like an Ace Hardware or something like that, they usually toss or throw away their seed displays around after 4th of July because for the most part they're not making many seed sales most of the display is empty at this point and you can go and if you make a good relationship with the manager or at least you ask the manager or you know somebody at one of these small town hardware stores you can get them to give you the seeds pretty much for free instead of throwing them out if you still see it there then talk to them and see when they're gonna throw it out and and put your name in or whatever else you could take that seed and then mix it together and use it in the next year you can mix it together and use it in as a milpa garden I have a picture of that last year in one of our workshops. Our friend's mom brought seeds that she acquired just that way. We mixed them all together. We threw them in and made a milpa garden where everything's mixed together. You can harvest things multiple times during the three months of the summertime. So go and talk to your local hardware store. See if they have those displays ready. So let's talk a little bit about the fall garden. You've heard about the Victory Garden. This is during the Depression and also in World War II. The government put out, it was helping the war effort if you had a garden, and they put out several graphics. There was a lot of secession planting, meaning that you could plant two different crops that year if you live far enough south. Some of the examples, I'll put the example graphic out on the show notes. You could have tomatoes interplanted with head lettuce. You could have bush beans followed by turnips. You could have several different things like radishes and lettuce so lettuce goes in bolts and then you and you know once it gets hot follow those by bush beans you can have spinach followed by carrots and you get the idea so a lot of beans later in the season and then you can get two seasons of garden out of it so far right now it's the middle of july i planted potatoes in march and they are now harvested or being harvested So I can take more seed potatoes and plant those and then I'll have a harvest later in the fall. And that's what I'm doing from a potato standpoint. If you take, say, I've got Clyde's Garden Planner, which is like a slide ruler thing for gardeners that I got from Baker Creek Seeds. 
If I put that on my first frost date, which is October 20th for my area, then it'll show me when the last time I should have things planted and then also um, when I can expect a harvest. So some of the things like peppers, if I get them in the ground now, I can have a harvest in September and October. And then I start moving into different parts. So let's break it down month by month. So if you want squash and you want pumpkins, you need to get them in the ground in the second week of July. And then you will have a harvest in late, in the last part of September and the first part of October. That's where you get those pumpkins for Halloween. If you wait too long, then it'll then they won't be done by the time those are taken care of. Bush beans, uh, you want to get those planted by the first part of August. Uh, cauliflower, you can either start it inside, or if you can protect it from the heat, you can get it planted out in the middle of July. And you can see how this goes. So cabbage, you can plant later. And then if you can protect it from the heat, some cabbage actually in this area, you can go almost all the way up to January, depending whether how cold it gets really fast, whether you can protect it from some of the frost. So if you have melons, if you get those in the ground here pretty soon, then you can have a late harvest. It's pretty much too late to plant tomatoes and get much of a harvest. If you have a plant from the nursery, you might be able to do that. If you try and plant lettuce right now, it's going to be too hot for it to germinate. So this is where you start moving into August and September. I plant black seeded Simpson lettuce that doesn't form a head. It's a cut and come again lettuce. So I will start planting that in August and then it will come up and be ready to harvest in September. I'll cut it. It'll be ready to harvest in October. And if I have it also in my greenhouse, then I can sometimes get it all the way through Christmas and keep harvesting it and have fresh greens all that time. So those are some of the things you're looking at. Carrots. Carrots, if we get it planted by the end of July and you can protect it from the heat and keep it well watered, and that's really the key, then you can have a harvest late in the in the year that starts stretching into October and it starts getting kind of close. Another thing to look for is the cover crops. So later in the season you can put in a cover crop you can actually get some harvest out of it and then also it will cover for the winter time. In the winter I either throw on wood chips to keep the soil moist and everything else and cover up and keep down weeds uh, last year I started using cover crops, so I, I used winter lentils and vetch, and I threw those out. They came up, I threw those out in uh, late August, early September. They came up and made a pretty good short um, cover crop base that lasted pretty well, covered the soil. And then it got blasted a little bit by the cold, but it still, even though it was a little bit yellow, stayed green most of the most of the winter. And then I was able to periodically plant into it in the spring, taking my time. It would keep my ground covered, and I could choose, just pull up enough or turn it over and then use it as green mulch, and then plant into it little by little without taking it and stripping the whole thing out. Without turning it over all the way, I would just plant into it little by little as we went on. So let's talk a little bit more about cover crops. So say you're not going to grow that second season of garden or you live far enough north where you are not able to get a full season in and get a harvest. So you can start moving into cover crops like we talked about. So let's go through some of the examples they have here. I like to get my cover crop seed from greencover.com. 
They've got purple top turnips, and I really like these. These can be a potato substitute. A lot of these that I'm also mentioning here can be used as deer food plots. Um, it's much cheaper to buy from Green Cover than it is to get one of those mixes that are at Cabela's or at one of the hardware stores or at TSC. And you may also be able to get a crop of something that you could eat yourself. So examples they have here are African cabbage. These are kind of like brassicas or, or kales. They also have a couple of different types of kale that'll come up. Uh, purple top turnips are really good. They're a good potato substitute. And they also last farther into the winter. So they're pretty good for forage for your animals and also as deer food plots farther into the winter than other things. They also have plantain. I really like plantain as a perennial to come back every year. Uh, they've got sugar beets. They've got cowpeas and buckwheat, which I really like cowpeas. Uh, buckwheat can be used and then grown and then either used for the grain, even though it's hard to get it off of there, or you can chop and drop and then it makes a pretty good mulch. You've got vetch and also some collards. So this gives you some idea of something, even if you're not going to grow a fall garden, you can go and start a cover crop for the winter time and get ready and pep for next year. Some of these, since they're also legumes, will increase your nitrogen and add nitrogen back into your soil. You can then in the fall or winter um, turn them over as green mulch. Um, some of them will turn into mulch that just covers the ground and, and keeps your soil much nicer. So some of the plots that I had last year that had milp in it, they had buckwheat, they had cowpeas and things like that. Some of those got trampled down into mulch or they fell down. And then uh, when I turned those over this year, it was just really nice, dark, much darker soil for one year of uh, milp on top of basically newly turned over clay soil. So you have a pretty big benefit from that. So what is your favorite crop in the fall in your garden? My favorite crop in the garden is that Black Seeded Simpson Cut and Come Again Lettuce. I like it. gets very delicate. It's thin. It's, it's not overly crunchy. And it's, it's just perfect in salads in the fall. Plus, I can cut it. I don't have to worry about it turning into a head and then missing or whatever. Like, I have this problem with cabbage. Cabbage, when I plant it, it never completely gets into a head. It either spreads out like the uh, Chinese cabbage that uh, you use in um, kimchi. It'll spread out, but it never forms into a head. Or if I get some of the ones that uh, that form into a tight head, they either make too tight of a head or they just get eaten up by some bugs or something like that. So um, I prefer to use the lettuce. One other thing you may want to try is if you plant squash later, you may beat the squash bugs. I have a really bad squash bug problem here. If I plant a little bit later, then I may be able to beat the squash bugs even though it gets really close for will I get done and will I get a harvest before that first frost. Sometimes the frost, like last year, I think the frost uh, lasted, we didn't get a first frost until into November. Um, but in both 2019 and 20. 20 we had early frosts that were before the average frost first frost date of uh, October 20th so what about animals if you get some chicks right now you could still have eggs by the time Thanksgiving 
Now, granted, winter will come and they stop laying a lot during the winter, but you could have meat birds by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. So meat birds, if you get Cornish cross, those are usually eight to 10 weeks. If you get regular breeds, those are anywhere from 16 to 20 weeks. So say you get a bunch of straight run chicks, you don't know whether they're male or female. Some of those might be males, might be roosters. So you may have to harvest some of them and then have them for meat instead of uh, having them lay eggs. So let's talk a little bit more about what's coming up on Thrive in the Future. I'll be talking to one of our friends about how he went through his land search. Uh, what was his criteria? How did he figure out what he wanted? How did he research the different things on what he, whether there's a building code, whether there's not a building code? His adventures in trying to outbid everybody else and win the land. Um, what his plans are for that land and what his next steps are on the journey. Um, we'll also be talking with Yardbird about his philosophy garden, and that should be interesting. To interview my daughter, who is very pregnant, and uh, on how they're going to use a midwife. What's it like using a midwife instead of going to the hospital? Um, what's it like having children on the homestead? It should be interesting. So after the music, I usually have the recorded ad for our sponsor, the Homestead Journal. This time, I'm going to give a personal testimony on this. Um, the Homestead Journal is found at thehomesteadjournal.net, and it's also at thj.net, spelled out on Twitter. The Homestead Journal is a subscriber newsletter. It comes out once a month. You can, When you subscribe, you get all the back issues. And it's all about mastering the homestead mindset. So some of the articles they have are really worth the price of admission alone, right? There's a long series of, from Cynthia about landscape design and permaculture design. That's very great. Um, Off-grid power production and aquaponics that actually goes in actionable diagrams and things you can use. This alone is worth the price of admission. They've got an article on pollarding and how you can extend trees by pollarding them and have them come back and just keep them going. There's some trees over in Europe, some hazelnut trees that are over several hundred years old because by using this, there's also herbal articles. There's articles from Perpin about tech, how to set up your own cloud, how to some some security. He also goes over our visit to Watkins Mill and the lessons learned from looking at an 1880s homestead. All of that's at thehomesteadjournal.net. Thank you for listening to the Thriving the Future podcast. Check us out on the web on thrivingthefuture.com. Also, come and join our conversation on Twitter at thrivingthefute. And on our Telegram group, there's a link on the website. This podcast was produced by Scott the Freedom Farmer at freedomfarmer.net copyright 2022 thriveinthefuture.com